and welcome to this episode of Say Something Interesting. This is the follow-up podcast for Eastlake Tri-Cities Church. My name is Megan, and with me is our teaching pastor, Brent. Hey, everybody. Hello. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Happy August. Happy August to you. It snuck up on us. It's already here. Uh, I forgot to schedule some kids' rooms because I, I forgot that it was already <laughs> August. It was one of those, it still feels very July-ish. Yeah, uh-huh. uh, and yet, now here we are. Yeah, I so. sobbed a little. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Be- because I forgot to schedule or, no. or because July's gone already. July's gone already. I know it goes f- I bet it is a teacher. I bet it all just goes uh, like crazy fast. Yeah, I was you. like, how wait, what? I'm sorry, what? <laughs> When's your first day back in the classroom? Uh like with kids? No, no, like when do you have to like oh, okay. go and get so things situated are, and all that kind of stuff? Teachers have like five days usually before the school year where you do like professional development, teamwork, um, like working on curriculum and stuff with your team prepping classroom and that starts um the tuesday before the first day of school so august 24th okay but they aren't you don't have to be there that day required right 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 um but so they're like user lose which means if you go to them and sign in you get paid for them and if not you don't get paid for them oh well then you're going and signing in yeah Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely good for you uh kylie took Mm -hmm. a preschool teacher job i know so we're like i feel like we're like in the same line of work now megan (laughs) kind of (laughs) I mean, a little bit. I yeah. mean, I don't know. But, I, know. I did um, preschool for five years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it it works. Clive's at that age group, anyways. Mm-hmm. Like it's gonna be. He's going to be at one of those classrooms, anyways. So she uh, she did awesome. She applied and said, "I think I want to do this." I'm like, "Go for it. If this is what you want to do." And she yeah. did it. And obviously, she got the job. That's a no brainer. <laughs> um, and so she's got her first training this weekend. Nice. So nice. yeah, it's, uh, it's a whole new world. It is so. a whole new world. It'll be, yeah, that'll be new for you guys I to know. have her working full time. Her sister bought her like this, uh, like a shirt that says something about, you know, teacher in teacher mode now or oh, hat, yeah, like all, all the supplies now that's yeah. like, and I just kept thinking about, babe, you're going to get gifts this year. We've always been oh, like the buyer of gifts. Yeah, preschool teachers get gifts. Yeah. I don't get gifts anymore teaching public No, probably not in high school. Um, Even like working with in public middle school, you don't really get gifts anymore. Less so in middle school even too. Well, we, we um, always did our elementary school teachers yeah. always got something. Um, us, but, but when I taught preschool, especially private preschool, um, I got so many like best Valentine's Day's of my life were from my preschoolers yeah. who gave me presents. So, yeah. Yeah. So good. I told London, cause it was middle school and we were getting all of the, like, um, she, she doesn't have one T te- I think that's the problem. Yeah. You don't, you have, don't one have one teacher. teacher anymore, so it's like, yeah. what am I supposed to do? Nine, nine gifts. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she's like, when she saw that we were given, uh, out gift cards and like a shirt and all the stuff to all the, the twins teachers in, in elementary school, she's like, what do I do? And I said, I'm going to teach you a line I learned a long time ago that works in all these situations, which is, I thought that my presence was presence enough for you, and that's good enough. <laughs> and uh, she didn't. She was like crummy dad joke, and then yeah. gone. Uh, I mean, like a note, like a thank you note, is probably a good. Probably, way. like yeah. on like. I mean, it's not a present or whatever, right? Yeah. Um, or like pick the teacher that impacted you the most that year, and just do that. Yeah. Like that's okay too. Like it's you don't have to give all of your teachers presents. <laughs> In fact, it's probably more meaningful when you have four yeah. or five if you pick the one that like impacted you most or like you had the best relationship with and yeah. like give them genuine appreciation. Right. Pick the pastor that has influenced you the most <laughs> and then do something really nice for them. I I, I don't I'm not ashamed of that. Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, uh, good stuff. How was your weekend? It was good. Yeah. I had a praying mantis on my screen door on Saturday. It's exciting. I'm sure that entertained exciting. the cats. It did. They um Spice has a really good like vertical. She can jump like straight up pretty high. Um, and so she kept like jumping up and like parkouring off the off the slider door to try and get at it. Yeah. Yeah. So as you know this, we have we've had two dogs forever. Yeah. And uh, our little black dog, uh, Purdy, got blind about two years ago mm-hmm. and just started falling apart on us, really, just physically. And wasn't eating much. And so we had to, like, constantly be putting food in the bowl. And yet, like, she was just no competition for her sister, Genevieve. Yeah. Yeah. So Genevieve just got insanely plump over yeah. the last two or three years. I keep taking her to the vet's <laughs> office, and they'd be like, hey, man, she's heavier than she was before. And I'm like, listen, man, I got a three-year-old at home, and I got a blind other dog. Yeah. So. She's going to, it's like, that's just a fact of life at this point. Like, I'm hoping that that will figure itself out once, A, the kids get older and stop yeah. feeding her all the time or dropping food on the floor. And then B, uh, Purdy's no longer in the picture. Yeah. Well, one of those has happened. One of those has happened. Yeah. Uh, Purdy uh, passed away, unfortunately, for us uh, about a month or two ago. Yeah. And so literally the other night, um, we're sitting on the couch, we're watching a show. And uh, Genevieve comes sauntering in, and she always she always sits there and begs, uh-huh. and and is like, "Pick me up, pick me up, pick me up," because she she's never been able to make the jump before. Well, she's like a couch. teeny dachshund, so <laughs> yeah, I she's mean, not not so teeny anymore. Like <laughs> yeah, when the stomach is dragging on the ground behind you, mopping up for you. So uh-huh. all of a sudden, we're sitting there watching the sh- watching the show, and then Genevieve walks over and jumps up onto the couch. What? And makes the jump. And Kyla and I both look at each other like, is it happening? Is she finally? And she acted like she's been doing this for years. And I wanted to be like, whatever, you dumb dog. This is a feat for you, too. You should be just as excited as we are. So I don't know that she's losing. I like, I, I don't, yeah, it doesn't, yeah. doesn't, still doesn't look that way, mm. but, um, she, I don't think she's ever made that jump before. So maybe well, she's just getting, I know, know I've seen her try getting lean. You usually end up having pity on her. I and- do. Oh, <laughs> she's got these eyes that are just like, come on, dad, please, please, please. I promise I'll be good. So anyways, that's, that was, that's been a fun part of our weekend. Uh, uh, yay pets. Yeah. Anyways, it's good. <laughs> Uh, that's good. We also had a chance to kind of hang out with Chris Gale was in town yeah. this last week. Which uh, if you know him, that's exciting. Ex-staff <laughs> members who we uh, formally asked to leave and dismiss and, <laughs> and never come back here. And No, we like... I'm just kidding. Tried to pay him for as long as he would let us. Like. I saw <laughs> a fantastic tweet that I'm going to pull up real quick. But uh, yeah, Chris, Chris moved to San Antonio about four or five years ago. And uh, was just in town hanging out. And it was just... It was yeah. awesome. He was still working... For us. Yeah, that's minimally, true. While in San Antonio for a while. And finally, he's like, I cannot do it anymore, people. Yeah. Find someone else. Yeah. And we joke we joke constantly about him yep. getting banned from here, but that's not the case. Um, <laughs> but I did come across a fantastic tweet okay. this week that I want to share. Uh, there is uh, there is one word. <laughs> if you're listening with kids, I don't know. I can't not say it, I think. Because okay. it's, it's like, it's not borderline. It would pass. It would work in a PG movie. But okay. anyways. Uh, it's from, uh, at B mangle, uh, 20, which I don't know who that is, but it was just retweeted and I loved it. <laughs> so this, my coworker told me he got banned from a bar when he lived in North Dakota back in 1973 and didn't try going back to it for 30 years, but he finally did. And the moment he stepped in, someone yelled, get the hell out of here, Dennis. And that's probably <laughs> my favorite story ever. <laughs> 
I love it, man. 30 years 30 later, years later they small still... town in North Dakota. <laughs> Chris, you're not allowed here. Get yeah. out of here. It's <laughs> uh, so great. I sent it to my brother-in-law mm-hmm. um, with, in a group text with some other people because um, my brother-in-law did that once. He uh, he went golfing, mm-hmm. and there was like a controversy of like his friend paid for a cart, but he didn't pay for the cart, but the friend, le- friend left early, had to leave early for something. So oh. Pete drove the cart the rest uh-huh. of the way in, and when he got in, the guy at the, in, in the pro shop was like, that's it, man. I, I saw what you did. You can't. And Pete's like, uh, hey, man. The yeah. cart was paid for. The guy left early. I just was out on 414. You want me to yeah. just leave the cart yeah. there or what? <laughs> and he's like, no, you, you lied and you tricked me and all this kind of stuff. And oh, he's my like, gosh. He's like, you can't come back. So then, so, then, <laughs> so then Pete, like, left and came back 10 days later. And it was the same guy working. He goes, your money's no good here. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so we're like, you got kicked out of Sun Willows for life? That's crazy, Pete. God, what a violent person you are. Mm, oh, it's so funny. Oh, but man. He, is, he has since... He would like me to know, he'd like you all to know, been able to go back to Sun Willows <laughs> guilt free, and they they do take his. Turns out they do take his money there. That's now. good. That's so good. that's that's, that's a positive thing. But pretty fun stuff. Uh, fun stuff. You watching the Olympics right I now? I am. Are you ever like every night? Are you a, like um, a, let's catch up, do this? Yeah, mostly. Although it'll probably taper off. I'm really into gymnastics and swimming. Those are like my main two, and yeah. so those are done now. Well, more or less. Gymnastics still has a couple of things left, but yeah. um. Basically, those are done. So I'll probably kind of slow down on my watching. I like to kind of, yeah, the interest level goes down to medium instead of like super high. I find I find that I like will watch it if there's like nothing else that I'm currently like. I was watching baseball the other night. I was like, I, I'm more interested in baseball right now. And mm-hmm. then uh, last night, the Gold Cup uh, was on the mm-hmm. Gold Cup thing, USA versus Mexico. Me- uh, USA won in the 118th. Oh, minute in of the extra Concaf. Time. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and, uh, so it was a big deal. So yeah. it, was, it was a nice big win. Yeah. It's like, this feels like the Olympics. I yeah. don't know. It feels, it feels like a big deal. So it's kind of fun, but I, uh, I, uh, yeah, it is. Yeah. It's been a fun season. It's nice to have something on at night in like midweek summer. Cause mm-hmm. usually there's, there's no basketball. There is baseball, but it's like that weird dog days of summer baseball. It's not really great. Football hasn't really started yet. Training mm-hmm. camp, soccer's off. You know, there's just like, <laughs> you just gotta like hang with your kids or something. I don't even know what you do or your cats. So it's uh, nice to have something on there that is. Uh, yeah. I mean, I watched, watch. I turned off the Olympics last night and watched Great British Baking Show. So. There you go. Is it a new season? No, it's like I Replays? just haven't watched it oh, really, okay. all the way through. So, but yeah. Hey, on Sunday, we kicked off a, a new series called OM Lowercase G, a mm-hmm. series on idolatry. Uh, and uh, I'm back after a couple of week break there to be able to kind of speak. That felt good to be back in the saddle and doing that. We talked a little bit about the idols that we create, good things that become bad things when they become ultimate things. We talked about the difference between sorrow and despair. I shared one of my favorite stories of uh, Robin Williams and the Norm MacDonald piece um, that uh, was the the, the Mushu pork line just gets me every single time. And ironically, I saw a few uh, uh, posts, Twitter posts about Robin Williams uh, that I that I retweeted the other day about him dressed. He went out. <laughs> this is so him too, man. Dressed up with a uh, the Denver um, Broncos cheerleading squad mm-hmm. and did a whole big set with them out oh, there. Oh yeah, in like, like a cheerleading le- uniform. Yeah, it's so great, man. <laughs> he co- was so hairy. The too. commitment to the bit. That's the piece. Like. I feel like I would go out and start some of those things or like the whole getting down and, and being like a Jewish tailor uh-huh. or whatever. 
And then I would just crack. I would yeah. laugh mm-hmm. and I wouldn't follow through with it. And I'd be like, I need to know that this is funny too. So I'm laughing with you. This is ha ha ha. And then I, and I sell myself out and then the bit stops. His ability to kind of take the Chinese food order for 10 minutes mm-hmm. is exactly what made him such a freaking genius. And, and not just him, like those, those guys who mm-hmm. can commit to those different kinds of bits. Mm-hmm. Um, and then doing it uh, with, without an audience, knowing this is one that got remembered and captured, but for every one that got remembered and captured, how many times did he do this with other people? Yeah. And it just was like an expenditure of energy that was not necessary. I mean, uh, Conan O'Brien always talks about that. He's got these bits with people and they'll be like, he'll be like, you know, the, this guy came in, we had this thing every time that we would talk, it'd be, I, I'd be some other person, some other thing. And then I'd leave. Will Ferrell does this a ton mm-hmm. too. And, and that's just it. And mm-hmm. you, the, the ability to remember the next time you see this person years later in a completely different context that this is the character I am when I'm with this person. Mm-hmm. It's, it's brilliant. Like that's a whole never, another level of humor that I think is just incredible. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, favorite, uh, uh, favorite Robin Williams movie. Oh, Patch Adams. Oh, which yeah. is one of that's his more good serious one. ones. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Goodwill Hunting would be yeah, mine. Yeah, it's a good one. Loved Goodwill Hunting. I thought he did. I think like comedy. Mm, yeah, it's got to be Patch Adams for me. But yeah. um, I'm trying to think. I mean, Mrs. Doubtfire's classic. So yeah, yeah. So. Uh, difference between sorrow and despair. S- sorrow is uh, a pain for which there's source of consolation. Despair is inconsolable. Mm-hmm. Um, sorrow is I lost one good thing. It, it really does suck to lose one good thing. It's not like I'm tr- trying to downplay sorrow. Sorrow there's a, there's an emotional uh emotional pain that comes with sorrow but it's not the kind of same emotional wreckage that is caused by despair. Yeah. Well, and sorrow isn't hopeless. Correct. So right. sorrow you still have hope for something different, something Correct. better, something some healing at some level. Despair is I think hopeless. Yeah. Or bordering on hopeless yeah. if it's not entirely hopeless. Yeah, so. and and you can see the damage uh, caused by despair mm-hmm. that goes on to be like, I'm so uh, distraught about over my despair that I'm actually inflicting more damage on other relationships because I can't personally handle the inconsolability of the situation that I'm in here that mm-hmm. I begin to, I'm so mad at this. My marriage is suffering. My relationship with my kids is suffering. My job is suffering. My friendships are suffering. It's like, you know. Yeah, and I think sorrow can bring you closer to in yeah. relationship to people. Yeah, um, and it it often builds relationship, and despair I think destroys relationship. Yeah, um, because it feels so overwhelming and so like insurmountable that you start just closing yourself off from everything. Yeah. Um, whereas when we're sorrowful, like that's an invitation to bring people in and ask for help, um, instead of like. So, and I think that's in, you know, in this time of mental health awareness, um, which is wonderful. I love it. But there's also that like when, when our chemical imbalances or when our brain patterns or processes like bring us automatically into a place of despair instead of seeing the hope or seeing the sorrow, um, like that's when you get all these bright people you're like, wow, they're not depressed. They're like humorous or they're bright or they're whatever. But really what, if they're in a place of despair, they're systematically cutting off all relationships to everything that's going to be whole and help healthful for them. Um, and so there's like that component as well of just dis- like being in a place of despair really cuts you off from 
the community and the people who could help you find a path out and find the hope within whatever your situation is. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I, I think about it too. And, uh, we got some pretty tragic news yesterday about somebody within the church who, uh, has a daughter that was, uh, literally he sat in service, second row, second, first service, whatever Mm -hmm. it was, and then went home, took his daughter to the ER and, uh, because she was not feeling well and they did a CAT scan and found a, a large brain tumor and they immediately airlifted her to Seattle. And all I could think about, and they're just trying to figure out what to do next. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's like, I, we literally are sitting here waiting too as well. I mean, we're mm-hmm. in communication with them and all that kind of stuff. But, um, it, I, all I could think about last night was rolling around in my brain is I literally just talked about sorrow versus despair. Mm-hmm. And not that he, I, you know, as a parent, you understand the healthy relationship between loving your kids and not idolizing your kids. And you, but you desperately want them. I mean, a parent would do just about anything, mm-hmm. including like literally if it could be me or her, uh, please take me, you know, mm-hmm. or why w- we would, we would switch in a, in a heartbeat for mm-hmm. our kids. You know what I mean? And all I could think about was how you sit in a chair on Sunday morning thinking about this theoretically. And being like, that's really good. I should take some notes or I, you know, reflect on how this plays out in my life. And then hours, minutes later, this guy's going through probably both of these emotions. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And just the heartbreaking nature of all of it. And I'm not, I don't want to use this as a time to like, I don't know. This is not the time to be like, (laughs) this illustrates my point. This is great. Thanks, (laughs) Ryan, for the illustration. You know what I mean? Like, that's a dumb, I, I, I hope, I'm, I'm, my prayer is that even for them, there's going to be feelings. There's going to be swaying back and forth between sorrow and despair. Um, and uh, it, for me to be like, please don't, don't experience despair in this is going to be hard. Cause it is going to feel like, mm-hmm. you know, there, it feels so hopeless and it feels like, you know, my life is wrecked as a result of it and it will be wrecked. And this is not something to take lightly on it, but you know, um, he's got him and his wife, Jody have got a great, grasp on it he I've, he's posted publicly on facebook about it and really soliciting prayers and thoughts and we know god's in control and all that kind of stuff and and uh you know whatever happens happens and, and we're, we're gonna deal with it and we're gonna be uh you know we'll be fine everything's gonna be great but it's it's our you know we could really use your thoughts mm-hmm. and prayers right now and and I, it's just like, okay, this is where the rubber meets the road. It's no longer theory for them. It's let's, let's traverse this as well. Cause I know it's not just your kid. I, you, you can idolize a marriage too. And mm-hmm. when your marriage goes South, you see people go, I, I'm, I'm ruined. Like, what am I supposed to do now? Right. And that's just a, it's a hard, we wouldn't, we wouldn't put it in that language where mm-hmm. I've, I've idolized my marriage. We would never say that, but like, yeah. it means so much to me or she meant so much to me or he meant so much to me. Right. And yes, that's absolutely true. Or like I built my whole life around this. Mm -hmm. Like if you said that about anything, you've probably made that thing an idol. Yeah. Um, And so like whether it's a relationship or a job or a lifestyle or whatever. Right. Um, That's probably become somewhat of an idol for you. If you've ever said, oh, I built my whole life around this this one thing. Yeah. And it's easy to say if it was like a dumb hobby that, or like a gambling addiction or alcohol addiction or whatever, and be like, if I can't have this, I can't have it. And we'd be like, oh, Mm -hmm. that's clearly bad. That's really not great. Mm -hmm. But when we see it around things that are good, but we've made them ultimate, then we don't typically think of those as bad. We don't 
chastise people for loving their kids or loving their wife mm-hmm. m- too much, you know, <laughs> we would say more often the problem is that people aren't as committed yeah. as they should be to their marriage mm-hmm. or as they should be to their role as being a parent. Um, but uh, anyways, yeah, it's a it's a crazy situation. And, and obviously, uh, we would love for you to be thinking about them and praying for them as well. Um, and uh, I, I, I'm not going to – I only bring it up here because I probably won't do it in, uh, on a Sunday morning mm-hmm. because – I probably won't be able to emotionally handle it. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't want that to be recorded for the internet to all see. So uh, anyways, Brian, Jody, we're praying for you guys. Yes, just we so are. You know. um, mm-hmm. And uh, we, we said also, we went into the Exodus story about um, Exodus chapter 20 and, and some of the common verses we know about idolatry. I, I loved that. I couldn't shake it when I read about it this week and kind of prep that strange worship piece mm-hmm. um, where that's literally what those words translate into. And when you're so set on the, the God, the one true Yahweh God for them, this is what we build our entire culture upon, then it would be awfully strange to see anybody else build it on anything else mm-hmm. or in the way in which they do it is strange. And I thought about that as we kind of observe and watch other people kind of throw their lives towards something, some sort of a, a you know, if I can't be a professional sports person, I don't know what I'm going to do. My life is wrecked. Uh, mm-hmm. If I if I don't have uh, this thing, it's going to be I'm going to be ruined. And we think that's kind of odd. That's kind of weird. Hopefully, you get more balance or perspective as you get older and, and wiser or whatever. Um, it's just a strange. It's strange worship yep. all around. Um, and uh, I did read, and I, it wasn't worth mentioning in the talk or whatever, but. Um, when God does the, uh, in Exodus 20, the second commandment, don't make any graven image uh, of, of me, basically. Um, I don't want any object that is supposed to represent me. I don't want any um, thing that mm-hmm. is going to be pointed to and be like, that is that contains all of him. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that although we're not allowed to put into bronze form the image of God, it seemed to be okay for... Israelites to speak of him and use words to describe him. Mm-hmm. And they call it anthropomorphism, which is basically speaking of God as if he was sort of human. So yes. whenever we say the hands of God were on this, does God have hands in the way that we have hands? Or are we projecting our image of what he would look like? That's anthropomorphism. God mm-hmm. looks like me, just a better version of me. Yeah. Or um, he is the head of, I don't know, the church or yep. whatever. That's all that all falls in that category. Um, but and that's seemingly okay because he uses this or or David will talk about that in his Psalms. That sort of language, words are okay, but images are not. Mm-hmm. Why is that the case? And I, it's just an interesting, oh, I don't know, piece yeah. of it uh, that I don't. Well, have I think an answer to. I think but. we have to have something to grasp onto to like know him in our limited humanness, right? Yeah. Like so, he's trying to break habits of polytheistic society so i don't want because you have everything around you has all these idols that you worship i really don't want you to have an idol of me because it's gonna be really easy for you to fall into those habits of most polytheistic religions back then but you still need to like be able to understand me at some level in your humanness and so like you can talk about me or use analogy or anthropomorphize so that you can find understanding of our relationship with each other, even though it's not exactly accurate. Yeah. But it like it will help you. Yeah. In your limited humanness. Yeah. I think if you were playing a game and you said, All right, I have a picture of something. 
and uh, it was, and somebody's behind a wall, so they can't see it. Uh, and the option was to sh- show them the picture or use words to describe it. I feel like you could just go on endlessly describing That's it. That's a very common team building activity yeah. to do with people. Whereas if you showed them, <laughs> it would feel like almost too simple. And, yeah. and they, you know, it's like the whole picture's worth a thousand words. It's probably worth like 10,000 or 10 million. Because yeah. when, when do you stop and be like, it's not this? Or, or when you're describing your, what you appreciate about your spouse, right? Um, th- at, at no point would you ever stop and go, that's it. That's all I think about you. <laughs> I mean, we're done. Uh, I can't, that, that, that this list is comprehensive, exhaustive and complete. Yeah. And will never change. And it will never change. <laughs> like the more appropriate answer is this is what I know about you so far. And this is what I really love about you. There's probably so many more things that I just can't think of at the moment. So, but the great news is we've got this entire life to kind of go figure this out. And Hopefully so that's it's great news. It's never ending. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, which baby, if you're listening, that, that's how I feel about you. So, um, but I think that that's, that's the true, the, the true nature of like, that's why these words are out there. It's like this incomplete will always be incomplete. There's always room for growth and discovery and newness and you know, whatever. So yeah, it was good. Um, let me think if I saw anything else. I don't think I had anything either. You ever read any Tocqueville stuff? Alexis to Tocqueville. I had that. Man, I, I every every time that I've read stuff from him, I've thought I need to read more of him, mm. and then I never get around to doing it. But there was a book that came out. I'm gonna try and find it real quick. Um, semi recently about him. Gosh, hold on, Tocqueville <laughs> and the American. No, Between Two Worlds. Maybe let me look at the. If I could see the cover, I would know. <laughs> no. Uh, is it like a biography? Mm. No, it was, it was a, a like written a couple of years ago from somebody who was reflecting on kind of that whole his whole work mm-hmm. in trying to discern why the French Revolution failed Got and the Amer- yeah. American mm-hmm. one didn't. And um, it was more like a maybe a memoir of sorts. I'll try and find it, and if I can, I'll I'll post it on my oh. uh, uh, personal Instagram or, yeah. or Facebook or something like that. Um, so that you can read, I haven't, I haven't even read it either. And yeah. so, and I get in trouble when I recommend things that I haven't fully watched. It <laughs> happened last week. I, uh, did I tell you about that? Yeah, I told you, you about did. this, right? Um, yeah. uh, when we had our book study on yeah. Thursday, you were like, yeah. oh, guess what, Megan? Gosh, dang it. <laughs> you guys, I talked about the white Lotus and then out comes the day after I talk about it. We hadn't even, actually what's funny is the episode had come out. It was like yeah. the third episode had come out already. And, but I hadn't, we hadn't seen it yet. Mm-hmm. And then I talked about it on Monday and then Kylie goes, and then we watched it on like Tuesday or Wednesday mm-hmm. night. And then she listened to the podcast. She's like, you can't talk about the fact that we watched this. I'm like, well, the first two weren't as bad as this one. She's like, they were, but this one was especially like, yeah. so now I have to wait. I got slapped on the hand. You're not yeah. going to be hearing about any TV recommendations until, until the whole season's done. Yep, that's uh-huh. how this is working from yep. here on out. You guys, the funny thing is it's not the first time that's happened to you. So no, no, or the second time, like it's happened not even the fairly time. frequently. Yeah. Fairly frequently. I just get excited. I'm like, this is great. You guys, I want you to participate while I'm experiencing also, it. Yeah. Well, and if, if I wait till the end, then I don't want to talk about it anymore. And then all of a sudden you want to talk about it. Now I'm wasting my time. Yeah. Know? And like real <laughs> talk, it can be kind of challenging to figure out something to share at the end of all of these. Oh, so. yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, yep. Which uh, leads us into. I'll say something transition. interesting. <laughs> 
This is the part of the show where we talk about something that we have found, watched in full, or experienced, read, or whatever, and uh, we share it. So uh, I no, you open. So yeah, I go I first. Okay. So last night we took uh, about twenty something odd kids. Yeah. Uh, youth. You, who is we? Uh, me and Kylie okay. and the Carrie Lynn showed up. She was helping okay. us out as well. Um, we we did our second summer youth event, and so we relived our days as youth pastors and <laughs> met a bunch of junior hires and a couple of high schoolers uh-huh. in the uh, lobby at the Queensgate Cinemas Theater nice. and and just trying to herd cats yep. into all, every parent like. Now at that age, they're at the age now where they they pull up to the front door, they open the door, and they just like push them out, yep. and then they close the door, and <laughs> they just squeal off. Yep, it's basically how it works. Here's twenty dollars in your pocket. Don't blow it all the video games, yep. right? Make sure you save some for ice cream afterwards. Um, and so that's the age where all these kids are at. Yep. And so we were we were they were buzzing around that that arcade thing. Yeah. I'm sure the the guy taking tickets is looking around, going, "Are there no parents here? Who yeah. are the parents? What is happening here?" So we went and saw Jungle Cruise together, uh-huh. the new Disney Did movie. Did you like came it? Out. Yeah, it was it was great. It mm-hmm. was a fantastic youth group movie. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh very little language, if any. I don't recall any. Uh like no raunchy. There's not like everything was like good. It was good action. Mm-hmm. It was like a Fast and Furious meets Pirates of the Caribbean meets I don't know. It was yeah. their first original, semi-original live action flick since like Pirates of the Caribbean, National Treasure. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've done a ton of Marvel superhero. This yeah. was not that, which is great because mm-hmm. I'm not really into those kind of things. Well, it's based off of an actual ride in Disneyland, right? It's, and that's the that's my interesting yeah. point. Oh, okay, sorry. Um, is <laughs> uh, have you ever been on that ride? No, I've never been to Disneyland. Oh, or World Nothing? Nope. Okay. So yeah, there is a ride, and it's an older ride. It was one of the original rides oversaw by Walt Disney himself, and one of the most long-standing rides in Disneyland, the original park, and then they redid it in Disney World later, obviously. Um, and I remember going through a long time ago uh, on, on this and thinking to myself, I don't want a Jungle Cruise. I don't want the cheap animatronics. Like, we're in Disneyland once every seven years. Let's go on roller coasters. Let's go on Pirates of the Caribbean. Let's go on other things. Somebody talked me into it, and it was fantastic. Yeah. And it was fantastic, not because the animatronics, they're garbage, they're awful. It I heard terrible. they redid it, though, because the movie. They just did, mm-hmm. um, and that that's part of it. But um, the uh, the best part was ob- the, the boat driver, the cruise oh, yeah. ship operators. They were dropped so Is it dead. an actual person? It's an actual person, and they're hilarious. And yeah. it was so funny. And I know that they do it probably 100 times a day, and it feels it, it, it felt fresh. It felt awesome. The jokes... Some of them were cheesy, but a lot of them knew that they were cheesy. And so they did some sort of angle to be like, if you're listening and you're listening closely, you'll yeah. get the inflection that this is actually very funny. Yeah. And it was brilliant. <laughs> nice. and, and we just went to Silverwood and they try, they're trying to do that oh, with the train yeah. ride there too. And the humor level is just like, wah, wah. You can miss like... and, w- and it's easy to miss. Yeah. And when you miss, it's awful. And they play into that in the movie a little bit, but and they have some of the same jokes. Uh, there's like a the common... We're headed into the beheaded beheading area, which is a terrible place to be headed. Yeah. Um, such dumb. <laughs> That's a stupid yeah, joke. Yeah, it's so dumb. I would 100% it, laugh at it. I though. remember that on the cruise. So they literally just took that from I there. I would be those like boat, the like cap, boat captain's like dream. Cause I laugh at oh, yeah. everything. Yeah. You should sit in the front row when you go. <laughs> if and when you go, sit in the front. And I, the, the best joke that I remember on this cruise ride was getting off. The guy who just had me laughing the whole time because they give off the vibe that they don't care. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't wait to get you off of this boat, you know, and that's the best kind of dry humor uh, around on mm-hmm. that thing. 
And uh, as we're like literally, I don't think there's buckles, but like as you're literally getting out like this way, he goes, hey, if you want to see something bizarre, check that thing out across the street. And across the street <laughs> is a bizarre, like a big sign that says bizarre at the <laughs> shop. And I just remember walking away going, I, this is so funny. It's so good. So good. <laughs> so dry. So uh, fantastic. Um, so the, uh, the interesting point that, uh, uh-huh. about it is they recently, um, it's an old ride. So it's, it, I, I walked away going, it's so smart of them to make a movie like this, which is going to, they're going to do some changes to the, uh, to the ride to adapt to some political correct, correctness issues with, you know, dep- depictions of, of uh, indigenous peoples mm-hmm. and, and the way that, which is great. It's it, it, fine. All that stuff is good. And they had a good reason to do it because now they have this movie mm-hmm. to go with it. And I'm sure this is, I can't wait to go on Jungle Cruise oh, they're again. They're going to be lines like crazy for it. The movie, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like how smart of them to be like, yeah, this movie makes us 200 million or whatever, but we also have this X million dollar ride and we have how many millions of people come through yep. the park. Mm-hmm. And now we've taken what was kind of an old, you only went on it if you didn't have anything else to go on or you needed to just not walk around for a mm-hmm. little bit. And now the lines are going to be enormous yep. and it's kind of got this revitalization of yeah. it. So anyways, I say all that to say, see the movie if, with kids. It's great. That's yeah. fine. And then the next time you go to the park, make sure you go on the Jungle Cruise yeah. and check out nice. something bizarre at the end. Sounds great. Yeah. What do you got? Um, I, as you all know, I listen to this podcast called Radio Lab. I've, yes. You're a <laughs> con, uh, conscious <laughs> contributor to uh, well, sending people that way. I am to sending people that way. Yeah. Um, they did a little mini series um, about a guy named Harry Henry. Harry. Harry Pace. Um, and he was a man who was born in the late 1800s, um, and, um, had some black ancestry. Like I think his mom was a slave. His dad was a slave owner or grandparents, um, something like that. Anyway, um, and he, in his early life was, um, involved, he, went to college at Atlanta University and studied under W.E.B. Du Bois. And so he was very involved in, um, like, promoting the black race and doing things to make that more equal and all of these things to, like, build up the black race at the time in the early 1900s. Um, And he started the first ever black-owned record label called Black Swan in 1920s. Um, he owned an, the first ever um, black-owned insurance company in Chicago uh, in, like, the 1930s. Um, he w- became a lawyer. He had a Supreme Court case about um, uh, knocking down laws in neighborhoods that um, didn't allow blacks to live there. So, um, like, desegregating neighborhoods in the Chicago area. And then I don't remember, I think they talk about it. They don't really know, but that's about all people know about Harry Pace because in his later life, um, something happened. I think there was like a scandal. I can't remember now exactly, but there was something that happened um, and he was very light skinned. And so he started passing for white in his later life. Um, And then he died. And after he died, his wife and his children like erased pretty much all of his history from their family um and they um to the point that his grandchildren and great-grandchildren thought that he was an italian american man oh wow and um until his grandchildren who are like in their 60s 70s now um 
did some research and found out about him. Um, and so it was just like this really interesting six, it was like a six episode, um, story on radio lab about Harry Pace. And then also kind of about, um, a couple other characters and like players that were kind of involved with the story of Harry Pace. And then also just like that idea of, um, completely changing your purpose just on a dime yeah. and what does that take and why does one do that? Cause he was, he was all about, um, building up the black race and r- raising the race and all of those things that happened in the early 1900s with like W E D W E B Du Bois. Um, and he was like a charter member of the NAACP chapter in Atlanta and just a ton of like things just very prominent in the black community. Um, and then to just suddenly, leave and not do that to the point that your children and family like completely deny yeah that your father was part of this like racial history huh so. yeah um as you were talking about i'm looking it up on wikipedia and uh and also that the radio labs piece it's called the vanishing, the vanishing of harry, of harry pace. pace yeah because there isn't very much known about him because his family did a really good job of erasing a lot of history yeah so huh. Let's have to check that out. Yeah. Looks like episodes about a half hour long ish. Uh-huh. So. I think one episode is. I think there's one. I think the first episode is an hour, and the rest are about like thirty to forty minutes. So crazy. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. Fun. Uh, that'd be great uh, if you're into history. That'd be an awesome. Looks like an awesome thing to check out. So cool. All right, that'll do it for uh, this week's episode. Yeah. And in fact, we have an announcement we to do make. We do have a big announcement um, that uh, we are going to continue the kind of pace that we've done for the last couple of years in taking the month of August off, uh, just to, as kind of a refresh for us to build up our bank of things that are interesting. <laughs> uh, and then also, Megan, as we've said, Megan's window of vacation time is yeah, closing yeah. fast. Um, she came here in tears today because she's like, it's only 28 days, 23 days, whatever it is. Uh, I'm just joking about that. But anyways, we are going to take August, the rest Mm -hmm. of August off from the podcast, uh, from the pod. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we will be back in September as we kind of, we'll start a brand new series then as well. Uh, and go into season. I think that's going to be season five. Is that right? Something like that. I think it's season five. Mm -hmm. I think this is. I think we've been doing this thing for four years now which is a crazy run yeah so don't forget about us don't like delete us from your <laughs> auto feed um but uh, if you don't see us for a couple of weeks yep. that's probably why uh and then we will be excited to be back with you that doesn't mean that we are not doing sunday mornings would love to still have you in person nine o'clock or ten o'clock we did make an announcement this sunday that starting in september we will also be shifting that early service back a half hour will be at 8 30 and 10 starting september that first sunday of september which i believe is like the second maybe um and uh no that's not it's right like the fifth the fifth there we go september uh fifth mm-hmm. um 8 30 and 10 o'clock uh we did that so that uh it coincides very nicely with football if you're a football fan yeah i can get you home i promise i don't care where you live in the tri-cities your, your butt can be on your couch before 10 o'clock yeah kickoff um if that's your idol if that's your thing if that's your <laughs> idol <laughs> nice megan very nice if that's your idol <laughs> Dang it, I should have used that on Sunday. Where were you? Ah. It'll be better for our teams. It's going to be better uh, all around for mm-hmm. our staff and everything. They're just trying to get the things done, and, and in between, it just feels like we're having to run at too fast of a pace between the two services, and 
don't get that mix and mingle time that we really crave and desire and in, in connecting community with people. Uh, we don't ever want people to feel like it's a shuttle people in shuttle. Get out quickly, get out. We got new people coming in mm-hmm. and that, that feeling kind of sucks. And so, um, it's gonna, we're going to change it up. And yeah. so thanks for being flexible with us on it. Um, we'll, we'll continue the same one until then. So for the month of August, stay the same, but then it, it'll change. Then I'm sure there'll be more changes as well. Um, yeah. we'll, we'll keep you posted on them as much as we can. Uh, other than that, see you back this weekend at nine or 10 in person or 10 o'clock online for part two of OMG and uh, have a great week. Yeah. Bye everyone.